If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Covert Actions and National Security Podcast, a podcast where we discuss a spectrum of activities concerning covert operations, intelligence, counterintelligence, unconventional warfare, assassinations, espionage, spycraft, technology, and more. Now, let's enter the operational world with Dr. Carlos. Operation Condor. Now, there's a couple of different versions or different operations called Operation Condor. The one we're going to be talking about is one that focused on Mexico. And this particular one could, some have argued that it would attribute to the creation of the cartels the way they are today because it centralized their power. So let's take a look at this operation. Operation Condor represented the first war on drugs in Mexican history that was backed and urged by the U.S. This is the first time the U.S. really got involved. The operation launched about 1977 by the Mexican government focused on the internal enemy. The goal of the operation was to wipe out the actors involved in the illegal drug industry. you got to remember back then it wasn't just the drug cartels. Drug cartels weren't like they were today, these huge entities. Back then there was a lot of small groups, uh, independent individuals distributing drugs, farmers that were also involved in it. But Operation Condor didn't end until 1988. In 2006 it was resurrected in a sense. The Mexican administration in the 70s, the PRI, embraced the U.S. anti-drug agenda as part of efforts to reconstruct the PRI's hegemony in the aftermath of 1968 massacre that shattered social kinesis on ruling party. Operation Condor, low-intensity war with the true objective of securing social control over drug growers and traffickers to subdue them. Condor was the longest and most ambitious anti-drug campaign, first to be spearheaded by the DEA in Mexico. Scholarship on the war often classifies this operation as a failure, but upon closer analysis on its origins shows that it was a turning point in the militarization and modernization of the anti-drug policy. The operation launched an attack on the Golden Triangle, as it's known in Mexico, which consists of Sinaloa, Durango, and Chihuahua, the region where more than 20,000 Highlanders produced 76% of illegal drugs. Except for U.S. assistance, which was accounted for through finance, human, and technical resources, Operation Condor lacked conditions to help them remove drugs entirely. The main obstacle? Well, it was the corruption of the Mexican state at all levels due to the PRI's political party regime at the time. See, a lot of them were embedded in working with the high-profile drug dealers. At the time, they were being paid off, so they knew if the investigations got too deep, they were going to get hit as well. The first stage of Condor was the Golden Triangle, as we mentioned. In the region, there is a minimal presence of the state and is the largest producing re- re- region of marijuana poppy nationwide. Remember, this is 50 years ago when it was illegal, predominantly everywhere. These dramatic eff- efforts were aimed to enforce the social and military control of the population and eliminate independent local planners. And that's what ended up happening. Operation Condor attacked national drug clans to advance the decentralization of the drug trade from the Northwest. The government allowed military police and fed police to take over the drug trade networks to limit the power of the drug lords. Violence mediated the relations between the Mexican state and organized crime in the 20th century. 
The White House knew about the mafia groups and violations of laws by the Mexican government, but never apprehended individuals for corruption or gross human rights abuses. So they never arrested anybody from that government. There was extreme U.S. pressure against Mexico to intensify its anti-drug policy, which contradicted the state's foreign drive to continue benefiting from the drug trade. The Mexican government solved the contradiction in a way that was quite cutting, actually, with the one that proved satisfactory for the U.S. and allowed for the advancement of the PRI's political party. The drug production was so profitable that everyone in the PRI went wanted to become a shareholder, and this provoked constant clashes between different agencies and between the states of Sinaloa, Chihuahua, Durango, and the federal government. So it became very complicated very quickly. At the same time with the Condor Task Force, there was extreme violence, such as torture, extortion, rape, and killings. Violence displaced thousands of peasants to other regions as well as to the U.S. At the same time, the government kept announcing that the sanction of drug traffickers and invited journalists to broadcast the alleged victory of good over evil. As Condor began the interweaving between the Sinaloa political establishment and caciques, made it impossible to strike one side without hurting the other. The federal government had to control both legal and illegal actors. Furthermore, Operation Condor was not only intended against drug traffickers, but for its general tactics of population control, which served to contain the varying guerrilla and human rights movements taking place in Sinaloa. The media reported that the problem was nearly solved. The DA reached the same conclusion. At first, the mainstream public opinion backed Condor. But after months of systemic or systematic abuses met by security forces, the civil society proved disappointed with the outcomes. In Mexico, Condor served to bring down social and revolutionary movements and establish a stage of siege in the countryside to prevent the emergence of independent actors, both political and criminal. The Mexican government used the Golden Triangle as a showcase of the alleged success of the drug eradication campaign resulting in the destruction of hundreds of peasant communities. What ended up happening is a lot of these peasants that were selling the drugs now were kicked out. So they were, um, oh, I forgot the term that they use in economics. But anyway, they were pushed out and the powers became more centralized, not decentralized. The other long-lasting legacy is the practice by Mexican authorities of allowing drug lords to become extremely wealthy in order to extort them. This is what happened. Because what happened is the power became centralized, the money became centralized, and then they started growing these, these huge drug cartels. And when the political moment demands that drug lords become disposable, seeds of violence sown by Condor influence how the kids from the attack communities became drug traffickers and hitmen willing to exert extreme violence to preserve their criminal operations. Again, a very complicated mess because of the fact that you had these individuals um, that a lot of these peasants, again, as I was saying, were operating on their own. And now... All of a sudden, they're not. The drug traffickers became these drug cartels, and this had more power over the, over the political individuals. They had more power over the economy. They started infiltrating the military and the police forces because of their centralized power, because now they were getting most of the money. I can't remember how many cartels exactly they estimated at that time, maybe a half a dozen or so. And hence, some argue this is the beginning of what, is, what we see today as the drug cartels. So maybe it did start 45 years ago. They've always been selling drugs. So I guess the, the real question is, what question are you asking? And who and how are you defining the drug cartels? The ones we see today probably started about 45, 50 years ago. The drug trafficking we see, well, that's been around for over 70 years. 
or maybe even longer than that. That's it for now. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 